When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A product of the Whisper Forge. Sound and story brought to life. You're listening to a parody that is not affiliated with or endorsed by Supergiant Games in any way. We're just big ol' nerds making improv fanfiction. Rogue Runners is rated R for pretty much everything you can find in Greek mythology. Violence, assault, self-harm, offensive language, insensitive humor, and intense themes. We encourage everyone to check out our show notes and transcripts on our website at whisperforge.org. Are you ready to run? Then welcome to Volume 1 in the Blood. Here's what happens. You land outside the House of Hades. The previous Olympiads you saw are gone. You have no visual on them. Once you land outside the House of Hades, you see its massive door behind you. A stone slab of marble carved in the shape of the Lord Hades' iconic visage. On your left and right stand guardian statues more than thrice your height, an imposing entrance for a house you're pretty sure you've never seen open from the front. You're standing on a long rectangular stone platform that begins just slightly on your right and extends a long distance to your left, about 200 feet. At your feet, the way is paved with cracked stone in shades of sickly green, and just over the lip of the low railings of the platform, you can see an ocean of blood on all sides, iridescent bright red in the otherwise enveloping darkness. It roils and bubbles as if threatening to flood the very platform on which you stand. On the far end of the platform, you see two massive columns bookending a gate of stone. You know that's where you have to go. But in your way, on the far side, still quite a distance from you, are two flaming red skulls floating a few feet away from the gate. What do you do? Would anyone like to go first? Rolf is going to start walking a bit closer. How much closer? Um, until firebolt range. So (laughs) 60 feet, or 80 feet. Okay, when you walk 30 feet... Oh boy. This is what happens. Just as you take a step forward, a beam of prismatic light nearly blinds you as it strikes the ground right at your feet. (laughs) As you squint through its brilliance, you find a large, floating, crystal sphere in front of you, swirling with rainbows on all sides. At the center of the sphere, you can make out the shadow of a ewer. Does everybody know what a ewer is? No. It's a pitcher. You can make a religion check, everybody. 16. 19 for Arete. 18 for Annie. 21. Excellent. So everybody who got an 18 or better recognizes the Ewer as a symbol of the goddess Iris. And you know that Iris is the goddess of the rainbow. So you see that brilliant crystal sphere with rainbows all around it just hovering in front of you, Rolf. Oh, 
My goodness gracious. <laughs> and I guess he's going to touch the sphere and see what happens. The rainbows around the sphere intensify and brighten the darkness all around. The air fills with clouds, and in the distance you could swear you hear the sound of waterfalls. The shadow of a woman appears where the sphere hovered, and in her hands she holds a ewer. A silhouette of massive feathery wings suddenly unfurl from her back as her voice rings in your minds. So, these are the wretched shades taking over Lord Zagreus's charge? Oh, pardon me, is that impolite? Now that you've been promoted, is it even appropriate to address you as shades? How about wretches? When you have a moment, please do reply and let me know. You may address me as Iris. Behold, to even the very abyss, I bring the light from above and cast it down to you as a hopeful rope into the chasm of death, so that you may reach for it and grasp of it and climb and take your place among the living again. Rise and shine! You feel this power swell within you as you touch this sphere, and you feel that this power extends to all four of you. That is key. So now, um, any one of you, just roll a flat d20 luck check. This will determine the rarity of the boon you're about to receive. 11. So that is a common rarity boon. You are about to be offered a boon from one of the goddesses um, of Olympus, and you essentially have some control over what type of gift you want to be granted. You have three choices. You can choose to be amplified in your power, your survivability, or your utility. And you have to decide as a group which of the three types of boons you want to get. So they are power, survivability, and utility. First of all, Thank you, Iris. Very nice opening monologue. Hello, I'm Rolf. Uh, Wretches is fine. You can call me Wretch. Um, Group, what do we think? What kind of gift are we looking for? I believe survivability would be the most important. I would agree with that. My bones are fragile. I am also inclined to agree that survivability, particularly in my line of work up above, was a major component of success. (laughs) Okay, so has the group decided that you will accept a survivability boon from the goddess Iris? Wait, Annie? Yes. Okay, (laughs) yes, God, please continue. Okay, you feel empowered by the power of the goddess Iris. When you are attacked, you may expend your reaction to interpose a shimmering shield of prismatic light between you and your attacker, conferring disadvantage on the attack. Ooh. Thank you, Iris. I also know that you're a goddess of messengers of sorts, so if you could please just let Nicholas and Klyma on the surface world know that his days are numbered and I am coming (laughs) for him. Okay, uh, I'm going to award inspiration for that, because that's awesome. Whenever you make almost any type of roll, if you don't roll the way you want to, you can say that you're expending the inspiration that I've granted you. And what that means is you get to roll an additional die. You get to roll one more time. And you can choose to use that result instead if you want. Sweet. All right, so with that, the sphere kind of like pops like a bubble. The rainbows and the clouds dissipate, and you are once again in the gloomy dark of Tartarus. You are still about 170 feet from the floating flame skulls. What should we do? I think it's always a good idea to approach something cautiously. So let's go ahead and stay in formation. I think Alexander is going to take point and lead the way. I'll take the left flank. I'll take the rear. I'll take the right. While you are kind of advancing, Annie, make a perception check. That's an 18. 
as you're kind of all walking along, you see the river Styx is kind of like roiling all around you. Its blood red waves seem higher than you've ever seen before. This is unusual. It seems to be filling up quite a bit. And then you see like an almost like a flash or a sparkle in the blood. And you see like a little carp jump out of it and then dive back in. And you just feel so hungry. And you feel like if you had a fishing rod or if you ever came back to this spot, you could potentially fish here for a delicious carp that seems to have winked at you just as it landed back into the blood. And he's going to tap on Alex's shoulder. Um, Alex? 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 What? Can can you remind me when we die um, uh, to make sure to bring a fishing rod next time? Can you do that for me? Try to stay focused on the task at hand. We are already dead, and therefore sustenance is inconsequential to us. <laughs> well, he told well, you. <laughs> maybe I just maybe I just wanted to go fishing. I'll make sure to remind you, sweet cheeks. Thank you, Arete. That's all. You should worry about remembering to stay alive and not fish. I, I want to do that, too. I just figured next time we're going to have to pass through anyway. There so isn't going to be I a just... next time because I do not plan to die. Oh, me too. But the chances of that are very, very slim, Alex. But there is a chance. Of course there's a chance. They're just very slim. May the gods smile on us as we creep forward. <laughs> the skull is staring at us very ominously. <laughs> Arete's initiative is a 7. Rolf is a 15. Annie is a 9. Alexander's is a 20. We're going to say around now you're about 50 feet away from these flaming skulls. If anybody wants to identify them, please feel free to just say, like, do I know about this thing? Rolf would like to know what that is. Annie would like to know as well. You can make a nature or history check. That's an 18. It's a 15 for Annie. 19. And a 7 for Alexander. So uh, the DC for this was 10. These are very obvious. Alexander, you have spent so long being a training dummy that gets beat up on in the House of Hades that maybe you're a little sheltered. You haven't really seen what the rest of Tartarus is like. So these are completely alien to you. Everybody who got a DC of 10 or higher, you recognize these flaming skulls as something called skulltivators. <laughs> uh, and uh, these skulltivators are flaming skulls that are essentially like chaotic evil. Their entire existence is about just causing havoc. So they love to go around and bite people and they delight in it. And when they bite people, they also like burn them when they bite them. And they float around and are not very intelligent or strong or a whole lot else. They're just kind of like fast and annoying. Also, anybody who got a 15 or higher, you know that skulltivators have a feature about them that makes them kind of uh, something called armored. Uh. Or we're calling it a very thick skull. And what that means is that the very first instance of damage that the skulltivator takes, such as that from a weapon attack or a single dart of magic missile, is reduced to zero and cannot be increased by any means. This feature activates only once and never again. So that means whatever the first hit is, whether that is like a lightning bolt or a flick of a rock, deals zero damage no matter what. Uh, so you're about 50 feet away. The skulltivators notice you and they go, and they float towards you, which is all they can do. There on your left and right, Alexander, one each is directly in front of you, Arete and Annie. But that's all they were able to do on their turn is fly straight up to you. Alexander, it is your turn. These flaming skulls are flanking you on both sides. They're like, I would like to attack the skulltivator that's nearest to Arete. I'm gonna swing my longsword down on it. That is a 22. <laughs> well, that certainly hits. 
You smash the skull, and you feel like if this were any regular skull, you would clearly have just obliterated it. But um, there's this kind of like flash of white light around it, and you seem to have like dispelled whatever weird barrier was around it. So now it is vulnerable to attack. Rolf, it is your turn. I'm going to cast Firebolt on the one that Alexander just hit with the sword. That is a 13. That hits. So a firebolt deals fire damage. Is that correct? Correct. Nothing happens to the skull to Vader, but you feel God. like you really landed a hit. Damn it. It is a flaming skull. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Mr. Skultivator, I hope you enjoyed the nice little uh, massage I gave to you uh, with my magic. It chatters happily. And goes, uh, good to see. Okay. I don't really have much other options in terms of actions this turn other than movement. So I'm going to back up. <laughs> okay. How much do you back up? Another 10 feet. Good luck, Annie. Good luck, uh, Arete. Uh, I believe in you. Have fun out there. <laughs> Annie, it is your turn. You've got a Skultivator right in front of you. Brilliant. I should have clarified this earlier. On my character, I had picked a rapier. Is that okay? It is a, a Greek-looking rapier, whatever that could look like. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. I would like to attack with that. 19. You thrust straight through the cultivator and the white shield around it vanishes. So you feel like the next time you hit it, it will be vulnerable to damage. Arate, it is your turn. I am going to go ahead and draw my short sword and make an attack on the skull in front of me. That would be an 18. That hits. Roll your damage. Seven. Okay, so it pierces the skull for seven damage and uh, you obliterate. So it is gone. I am going to try and hide. You can use the hide action for free and then you have your featured death shroud. So which one are you using? I think I want to save death shroud. That's smart. So I'm going to just try and do the hide action by rolling the stealth check. So I rolled a 17. Because the skulls kind of face forward, I'm just going to crouch really low and maybe try to like, because I was on the left flank, maybe like cling to the side of the slab, the large rectangle that we were crossing on. You feel like you probably hid from it pretty well. The other Skultivator is up. It is going to try to attack you, Annie. Does a 15 hit? Yes. It deals one piercing damage and five fire damage. Holy heck. Okay. As it bites into you and relishes and chomping on you. goes, it is now Alexander's turn. Okay, I would like to attack the remaining Skultivator. That's a nine. That exactly meets it, and roll damage for me. And a nine for damage. So you slash the skull as it, like, cracks and then, like, kind of just splatters everywhere. And then both remnants of it essentially vanish. Additionally, you find 20 gold obels on the ground, which you understand to be a currency that is useful outside of the House of Hades, but throughout Tartarus. They're called Charon's obels, and they drop and just appear on the ground. I would like to take this moment to have a board meeting and nominate a treasure for our Olympiad. Okay. Who is it? I can do it. <laughs> I self-nominate. How do we feel about this self-nomination? Yeah, give it to the rogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, the purse strings are going to be nice and safe with me. Don't you worry about that. Um, I personally don't like how Arete just uh, said that. <laughs> so, um, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm more than capable of at least holding on to it. Annie, that's a wonderful responsibility for a nice young lady such as yourself to take on. Begin learning how to manage your money. It's going to be very important later in life. Oh, well, uh, in, uh, 
you know. What happens if he dies with it on him? If you die with that money, you feel that anybody else who is still alive will have access to it and be able to use it. However, if everybody dies, all that money from that escape attempt vanishes. Okay, so it'll go to someone else. You can call it your next of sin. Whoa! Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Herate, could you hold on to it? Certainly can. It would be a genuine pleasure. I give Annie like a little, like a grandpa side eye. All right, we advance towards the gate. After clearing out the skulls, you approach the gate. A large crystal globe protrudes from it, as in, you know, one, like, crystal hemisphere of the globe protrudes from it because it's embedded halfway in. So a large crystal globe protrudes from it and the shape of a pomegranate whirls inside. Do I know more about this? Roll history or nature. Or even religion. I'll allow religion for this. That would be a 15. What you know are that these are called pomegranates of power, and when you consume them, they essentially can power up boons that you've already received from other deities. If you don't have any boons that you can power up for whatever reason, they might heal you instead. Mm. Young Anastasia. Would you be interested in a pomegranate? Just in case we don't have any boons to increase in any way. Perhaps you'll get some healing, which might be nice for you since the skulls weren't as kind to you as they were to the rest of us. Um, yeah, if everyone's okay with that decision, sure. I believe we do have a boon to heal. I mean, upgrade. Yes, Iris. My concern is that if the boon doesn't have any increases from this pomegranate, then at least she can get some healing done. If it does not upgrade, I... We'll heal Annie myself. Oh, jeez. Okay. Um, we are very concerned um, with your survival, dear. I feel okay. I, um... Annie, darling, please, press on the palm. How would it... How would we upgrade it? Do any of you physically do anything? You know what? Roll walks up and presses the palm into the door. Okay. So here is an important piece of information. So when you touch the crystal globe of the pomegranate, you do not receive a pomegranate. Yeah. Uh, however, the gate does slide open. <laughs> but you get the sense that whatever you see in the gate is what you might find in the next room. So right now, there's only one gate in front of you, so you only have the choice of the pomegranate. But from what you know about Tartarus, if there are multiple gates, for example, you're trying to decide, should I go left? Should I go right? Um, the gates might give you a clue as to what the next thing you're going to find in the room is. So, so nobody has a pomegranate yet, but you have, you know, put in that good en- energy to like, you know, manifest that pomegranate for the next room. So I'm just an idiot is what I'm getting from this god. <laughs> Not at all. You know, this is everybody's first escape attempt. You know, everybody had to learn this, but now you know. So you touch the globe, the globe pops like a bubble. The gate slides upward into like a, just a black portal of night. Oh, ladies first. Thank you, Rolf. And Annie's just going to walk right in. And I'll follow closely behind. And I'll follow at a six-foot distance. <laughs> How about a five-foot distance for D&D purposes? Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alexander goes to the portal. Excellent. You find yourself in a room split into three sections. The middle section runs from where you're standing to the gate across the room on the other side. This middle section also breaks off into a left and right section, which are separated by long rectangles of open space, revealing the blood of the river Styx flowing underneath. The left and right sections rejoin the middle section on the other end. 
So essentially, the room is shaped like the theta symbol. So that is what you see in the room. I cautiously begin to walk forward, trying to do a search of the area. Okay, uh, make a perception check. And tell me what you're looking for. Anything deadly. (laughs) That's a 20. So you don't see anything that you immediately identify as deadly. However, in the middle of the room, like the middle stretch of the middle section, so we're talking about essentially a square area in the middle, has a series of glyphs all over it that are very clearly somehow attached to the mechanism of how the room operates overall. Uh, well, crew, I uh, there's some inscriptions over here. I suppose we could uh, walk onto it, uh, touch it, perhaps whisper to it. But I, I, I believe that is essential to our next step. So I'm going to walk this way if you'd like to join me. Sure, Rolf. And I uh, come up and take his right side. And do what with it? Mm. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> okay, uh... <laughs> Okay, so Rolf and Arate, you are starting to move towards the glyphs. Uh, What does everybody else do? I would say the glyphs are about 50 feet into the middle of the room. What are the glyphs? Make an arcana check. Eight. It's all Greek to you. (laughs) (laughs) That that should be good. (laughs) I suppose as I'm approaching, I would like to try to make out what the glyphs are saying. I'll go ahead and say that I'm doing the same thing while we're walking. (laughs) All right. I think Annie wants to do that. And it's all Greek to me because I rolled a four. 17. Annie, what did you want to do? I want to do the same thing. Okay, Annie, you're going to have to get as close as Rolf is to examine the glyphs much closer. Okay, I'll follow Rolf. Come join me over here, Annie. The blood is fine. Well, it wasn't good. (laughs) It's a six. Okay, so Rolf only, as a Chthonic soul sorcerer, you have deep intimate knowledge of how magic is kind of suffused throughout the realm of Tartarus, and you suspect that these are glyphs that are essentially summoning magic. Ah, well, friends, this is summoning magic, so uh, perhaps when we step into the circle, a person will appear and uh, presumably try to uh, uh, strip us of our livelihoods. (laughs) I also don't necessarily see any way to proceed. Do, uh, you know what? That's a good question. Do I see any other way to proceed without entering this uh, summoning circle? You made a really good perception check. So you saw the glyphs in the middle. From that really good perception check, you were able to make out that the glyphs are directly tied to the mechanism that opens the gate across from the room. All right. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see any other ways to proceed. So I, I suppose we should probably just um, summon the boys. Oh, oh, better idea. Everyone back up to a different spot in the room. I'll enter the summoning circle, and then I can use some of my my cool tricks. So I'd like to walk around to the right, and then up, and then to the gate. You are able to do that without issue. All right. Annie, would you like to take the left? And uh, and Arete, would you like to take the right? Sure thing, Pops. Annie's on the left. I always appreciate a man of action and willing to sacrifice himself, so go ahead. Well, that makes me question my choices. All right, and I step in. <laughs> when you step on the glyphs, if you could please roll initiative for me. Arete rolls a three for initiative. Annie rolled a 16. <laughs> Rolf rolls a four. I got 18. So you step on the glyphs, Rolf, and immediately it doesn't look like a whole lot happens. So the glyphs kind of light up under you and then they kind of look immediately like go out again. And Arete and Annie, both of you on each of your sides see this, a large nest of those flaming skulls appear in front of you. <laughs> so there's like little pyramids of them. Alexander, you are up. 
Are they skull tivators? You suspect that there's something a little bit different about their configuration here. You can make a nature or history check. 15. You know these fiends to be called more colloquially as think tanks. Uh. So they are piles of flaming skulls. However, they don't cause any harm on their own. In fact, they can't do anything on their own except one thing which is to create Skultivators. <gasps> so on each of their turns, they will create more Skultivators, and as part of that summoning, those Skultivators get to start moving towards you as part of that initial summoning. That is what you know about Think Tanks. Okay, so I'd like to throw my Javelin at the nest. Awesome. That's a 23. That definitely hits. So tell me how much damage you do with this Javelin. Five. Annie, you are up. How close am I? You are adjacent. So this thing sprung up like right next to you. Sweet. So yeah, Annie would like to take out her veal and I would like to cast Thunder Wave and any creature in a 15 foot cube originating from me must make a constitution saving throw. And on the failed save, a creature takes 2d8 thunder damage and is pushed 10 feet away. Oh, okay. I got a nat 20 plus four. Okay, so... (laughs) So, I mean, you do Thunder Wave it, so I still take half damage, right, I think, from it? Yeah, you take half damage, and you're just not pushed. That is a seven. You strum, and this, like, thunderous, ominous note emanates from your feel, and the flames on the think tank briefly go boom as a Thunder Wave blasts out from you and deals four damage. Do you want to do anything else on your turn? No. Get my javelin. What? (laughs) What What was that? There is a a javelin inside it also. Can I get? Can I, can I grab the javelin? I would like to toss it back to Alex, if that's possible. We'll say it takes you like a bonus action to actually pull it out, and then like a free action to kind of just like quickly toss it back to Alexander. All right, that think tank is actually up, and when you heard that cultivator earlier going, this one is a chorus of a bunch of them going. And those flames that you briefly kind of like snuffed out with Thunderwave reignite on it as it attempts to summon Skultivators. And it summons three Skultivators, which appear around you. They can't move as part of the summoning, so they're just going to actually just surround you. Okay. The other thing tank on the other side of the room is going to go... And it is going to summon one Skultivator that appears right next to you, Arate. So we're going to say the three near you, Annie, they're making their bite attacks on you. That was a critical fail, so it does not nice. succeed. The other is a 18. Does that hit? Yeah, that hits. <laughs> okay, it deals one piercing damage and five fire damage. Annie, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking because it rolled an 18 again. Ooh. Uh, no, Annie's okay, but I think that's just brilliant. Okay. Thank you for that. All right. Uh, so it is a, you take another one piercing damage and five fire damage. So that that is the assault of the skulls on the left side. Over on the right side, we have one skulltivator that's going to attempt to attack Arate. It gets a 18. Wow. That is enough. It deals one piercing damage and five fire damage. I am going to use Quitch Bolt okay. on the one next to Annie. Okay. Because she is not okay. And screw it. I'm going to use my 
thonic casting on this one as well. Excellent. So what happens when you use your thonic casting? Starting at first level, you draw some of your own blood to create a blood crystal which amplifies your spell casting. This is represented by a blood crystal die. As you level up, you gain the ability to create more blood crystal dice, blah, blah, blah. My blood crystal die right now, I believe, is a d4. That d4 is going to get added to both hit and damage. So I am casting that witch bolt. Oh my god. Uh, let's roll that d4. So that is an 11 with my blood crystal. That hits. Oh, thank God. I mean, it's a giant, it, it can't move or do anything else. So it's... That That is true, that's fair. So I think you see Rolf kind of concentrate, and of course, while he's very tall, I don't think he's like a huge imposing presence or anything, but kind of draws his hands in together, and you probably see light as, almost like his blood starts to glow as it courses through his veins and like works its way out at his palm and becomes infused with the light of this, like purple bolt as it grows in size and he shoots it forward at the think tank and deals a full 12 points of damage plus an additional three so 15 points of damage so as you do this the whole think tank just shatters and skulls fly everywhere you feel like you got the exact amount of damage you needed to do for that to happen that happens and also the three skulls that were summoned by annie actually also all um disintegrate i thought so Seeing that, Arate is right next to the skull nest, and he is going to take the short sword and just kind of ram it into one of the skull eyes looking outward as confidently and as with much heft behind it as he can. 13. That does hit, so roll your damage. That would be five points of piercing damage. As a bonus action, I am going to attempt to hide. How are you going to do that? I would like to do a baseball, like sliding into home base slide, and then I will use the skull nest as like leverage to kind of swing myself around it to the other side. So that way I am on the other side of the skull nest away from the skull tape. And my stealth check was a 12. You're golden. Alexander, it is your turn. Annie, you're on deck. I'd like to run over close as I can and then throw a javelin at the think tank. Nice. So that is a 23. That definitely hits. Nine. And I'd like to use Divine Smite. When you hit with a melee weapon attack, you can expend one spell slot to deal 2d8 extra radiant damage, plus 1d8 against undead or fiends. So that would be 3d8s. Uh, so eight. So I don't know if it's necessarily with the might of Zeus or some other deity potentially, but you throw this javelin and it flies like a lightning bolt. And when you think it should be dealing eight damage, it actually ends up dealing 16 damage. So it is looking in dire straits. Annie, it is your turn. I'm just going to run towards the right side. So if you take the dash action, you're able to cross like one whole corner. So you're actually like back at the entrance of the room, like at the very center bottom of the room now. So you're about 60 feet away from it. The think tank is up. It's going to go. <laughs> it's going to summon uh, three additional Skultivators. Uh, so now there are four Skultivators up. So here is the fun thing about Skultivators, my good friend, Arate, is that they have these flaming eye sockets Mm -hmm. that give them a sense called blind sight. And the way blind sight works is within 10 feet, they actually don't need to be able to physically see their target in order to be counting them as seeing them. Wow. So these four Skultivators are going to go, and they're going to hop over to your side. So two flank you on the you know front and back side of it, and then two more are going to just be like flanking both the think tank and you, but diagonally. And they are going to make their weapon attacks. 
One misses very badly. <gasps> the other is a 15. Does that hit you? It does. It deals one piercing damage and five fire damage. This one is an 11. Does that hit? It does not. Okay. And this one deals a dirty 20, essentially. Um, I'm going to go ahead and use Iris's boon. Um, hey there, Iris. It's me. <laughs> I, I could really use your help right about now. And uh, if I, if you did this for me, I would be forever in your debt. And I would uh, patron you as, as a goddess of divine entity, which you already are, but I would do even more, you know? Alright. Um, so each round is about six seconds, so it doesn't have to be that, but, but that's great. Uh, it does work. So you expend your reaction, and then you feel this, like, flash of, like, rainbow light flash between you and the Sculptivator. It goes, ah! It's about to attack, and it has to try again, because it has disadvantage. Uh, it gets only a nine that time. Does that hit? Yes. It does not. All right, so Iris has intervened, and that flash of rainbow kind of just makes it go, ah! It is not able to successfully hit you. Thank you, Iris. How is the think tank looking at this point? Very bad. Then I'm going to go ahead and use acid splash on it. I think Rolf, having just cast with the blood crystal the witch bolt on one of the think tanks, turns around and does almost like a waterbender sweep okay. across the floor and then pushes out and you see this green acid fly out and smatter onto the think tank. You need to roll a dex saving throw and beat a 13. I don't know if you can imagine, but these things are not dexterous. <laughs> so it gets a negative one. Nice. All right, that hits. So that's four acid damage. Having been crouched down, Arete is going to jump up and use the momentum of gravity as he's coming back down to stab down onto the top of the think tank. All right, make an attack roll. A six. And with the momentum of gravity, uh, you stab into the stone directly next to it. But do you do anything else on your turn? Could you grab my javelin? (laughs) (laughs) I will attempt to grab the javelin and toss it to um, Alexander. You're tossing it diagonally over the sticks. Uh, Make an athletics check for me. You could just throw it to the floor, it's fine. (laughs) My athletics check came back as a 23. You just catch it in hand, Alexander. (laughs) And I'm spinning it around and throwing it. <laughs> at the uh, nest. I imagine you do like one of those 300 throws. So you yeah. like jump into the air, you like torque in the air, and then you like throw it in slow mo, make an attack roll. That is a 15. That definitely hits. So I roll damage for it. Eight. You throw that javelin, it goes flying over that like diagonal gap in the sticks. It goes past the Sculptivator. It goes past Arate, and it just smashes straight into the face. As it explodes in a rain of skulls. As you do this, Rolf, a pomegranate does appear at your feet. Oh, delightful. I take a bite out of it. Okay, you take a bite out of it, and what happens is this. Your Iris survivability boon upgrades from common to rare rarity. And what this means is that when you impose disadvantage on the attack, you additionally also gain plus one AC. Nice. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, and given that like there's no limit on this really, you should be using it 
a lot. So that's what happens when you eat the pomegranate. Furthermore, the gate that you were looking at on the opposite side of the room, in addition to that gate, another gate appears on the left side of the room. So on the left, like middle section against that wall. So there are two gates. On one of the gates inside that crystal globe is an icon of a large beating heart. On the other side of the room inside the globe is a symbol of a golden coin. What does a heart do? Okay, uh, make a history or nature check. Ah, I know what that heart does. 21. Excellent, you do. You recognize that giant heart to be a centaur's heart. And what that will do is it will increase everybody's health by a certain amount. Do we want money or health? Uh, Health, absolutely. Look at the shambles we're in. But before we go, Annie, if, if I may... I want to give you a little bit of false life so that you do not die before we get to the next heart. False life? A voice from above comes in. Aren't we all living in a false life down here? That we are, friend. That we are. (laughs) Anyone else hear that? No? No, I heard it. Yeah, I heard that voice earlier as well. I was wondering who the hell it was. A friend of yours then? Uh, Jim, yes. Oh. Has the party made a decision? I would like to heal Annie before we enter the next encounter. Okay, how do you do that? Yeah, how do you do that? Uh, well, come breathe these vapors, girl. And... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, really nice thing to say to a 17-year-old girl. (laughs) Well, we're friends, we're friends, we're friends. You you hold up a damp cloth. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna... (laughs) I open, I open my palm... And you see, kind of like how uh, the blood crystal shot out of the veins, like the glowing light, but instead is like black. Like my veins fill with black and then like the smoke emanates off of it. And I go, here, breathe this. And Annie's going to take like a little <laughs> hesitant step back and be like, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, what? I deadass don't know what this is, so I'm very curious to learn. <laughs> don't worry, it's, it'll give you, it'll help you get through the next room, and then we get the hearts, and hopefully we'll be better. Seeing Annie's hesitation, Arete feels no remorse in absolutely burying his face into Rolf's palm and just <gasps> inhaling ever so deeply. Oh, wow, okay. So I guess Arete gets the help. You get 5 HP back as a necromantic facsimile of life fills you. Uh, okay, do you cast it again on Annie, or I don't know what's going on? I don't know, because I just spent a spell slot, so... Annie, if on a scale of <laughs> 1 to, I don't know, 26, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, rough. Like an 8. God damn it, Annie. Don't doubt me anymore, please. May I give you some of these papers? I promise, I'm not, it's not that I want to doubt you, it's just when someone shoves their hand with black stuff coming out of it in my face, I am a little hesitant. Annie, I give you chocolate milk on the daily, please, breathe these vapors. (laughs) Annie, hey, guess what, Annie's gonna, (laughs) Annie's gonna breathe in (laughs) Okay, let me roll for you. (laughs) Thank you. You get seven points of health back. Enjoy that, Annie. Uh, is False Life like she gets health back, or is it that she gets temporary hit points? You get temporary hit points for an hour. Oh, that's great. Thank you. You're welcome. So now you've still got the gates in front of you. Well, I think we need health more than anything right now. I'd agree, because on a scale of one to 18, I'd say I'm about a six. <laughs> Well, now you have false life also, right? On top of that. Yes. 11 total. I walk over to Arate. I grab one wrist with one hand, and the other hand I put a palm on his forehead. 
I do lay on hands to give him five health. Mm, have you bathed and brought to my tent? I don't know what God to call upon for that, I'll be honest. Uh, make a religion check. 16. You're thinking uh, pretty hard about this. Is like, who's good for healing? And uh, what you land on is a name, which is Asclepius. Oh my god, my Asclepius has been acting up. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Asclepius, hear me and heal my ally. I put a little Asclepius in my yogurt daily and it helps with my arthritis. <laughs> so you kind of demand a little bit, I guess. As you do this, you lay your hands and you see these um, two spectral snakes kind of entwining around your hand and then they move over to Arate and the snakes kind of like infuse into Arate and when they do uh, he heals for that amount lit (laughs) (laughs) Arate just goes that was pretty lit and Rolf presses on the centaur heart in the door (laughs) excellent that bubble pops the gate slides up and there is an abyss of just like smoky darkness in front of you Arate grabs Annie's hand and Rolf's hand and just kind of pulls them along as he goes into the portal. Alexander looking around, what the fuck? And uh, walks in after them. You find yourself on a round stone platform made of five concentric circles of black stone. You can only make them out as distinct circles by the groove separating each consecutive ring. On all sides around you, the river sticks gushes and bobs the platform up and down. Very far from the edges of the platform, a ring of cloudy mirrors surround the area. From the mirrors, you hear the sounds of feasting and good cheer, albeit from a considerable distance. On the far four corners of this round platform, so, you know, whatever the four most distal points you can make on the circumference of a circle, stand four podiums, or podia? I don't know. Which seem to gleam as if there's a magical spotlight standing on them. And surrounded by that is a circle of mirrors that you can hear sounds from. Team, it looks like there's a podium for each of us, so I suggest we each head for one of them. Well, all right. I agree. I will take the northwest podium. I'll take the southeast podium. I'll take the northeast podium? That leaves the southwest podium. For me. Does Alexander take it? Of course. Okay. From above you... A halfling in a cheap-looking bedsheet-like toga descends in slow motion, illuminated by divine light. He says, oh, Welcome back to Mount Olympus's favorite primetime game show. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Slumming it down here in the underworld for your entertainment. I'm your host, doing the most, Koalamus, and I'm bringing you... And then at this stage, he points at the mirrors. The Afterlife's number one game show, Apple of Discord! <laughs> when Koalamos says Apple of Discord, you hear a Greek chorus from beyond the mirrors shout, Apple of Discord! With him. <laughs> at this announcement, you hear thunderous applause and cheering from behind the cloudy mirrors encircling you. We've got uh, three wretched shades competing to win your hearts tonight, uh, deities and gentle mortals. Please go ahead and introduce yourselves. And the spotlights on the four of you brighten. Just a heads up, you said three wretched shades. I'm uh, terrible at counting. The last group <laughs> seems to only have three people coming through, but there's actually four here now. Oh my goodness, they must have lost someone along the way. What? Oh mm. God. Well, hello. I'm I'm Rolf Yannick. Um, I, it's just a pleasure to be here. 
Uh, it's a pleasure to be in hell, yes! Well, actually, uh, it's not really a pleasure to be in hell. You see, it's actually a really big story. I don't know how I ended up here. I come from a faraway land. I had never heard of any of these people before I got here. It's really quite a mess, and I, I have some business I need to go take care of. So I'd actually quite like to leave, but it's a pleasure to be in this event. Thank you for having me. Well, we're so excited that you're so excited to leave, because if you get through this game show, so you might leave here with quite a few prizes to help you on your escape attempt. Oh, well, that's wonderful. Excellent. Who do we have here? And then he points at Alexander. I am Alexander, king of Macedon. And he darts his eyes left and right. <laughs> like, now what? From beyond the mirrors, you hear like a smattering of... <laughs> Okay, now moving on <laughs> to uh, this Northwest Podium over here. Who do we have? Arate's the name. Killing folks is the game. Very good. You're in great company. We all love a good killing over here. And then across the mirrors, you hear you know, some pretty, pretty you know, mild applause. Yeah, everyone's like, yeah, we're down with killing. We're about that. And last but certainly not least, we have this fine dame over here. Hi, everyone. My name's Annie. I have no idea what's going on, but it's so lovely to be with everyone today. Oh, we're so excited to have you. So, you all uh, know the rules, right? No. No. Even a little bit, no. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'll uh, fill you in. So, long ago, the gods of Mount Olympus... And at this, the chorus on the other side of the mirrors cheers, Yay! We're throwing a wedding party. And then they invited everyone on Mount Olympus, except for Eris, goddess of discord and strife. At this, everybody in the chorus on the other side of the mirrors goes, Boo! Wasn't invited. So when she tried to show up at the door, Hermes, Yay! Turned away the goddess Ares, Boo! And said, Sorry, lady, no demi-downers allowed. And just as she was about to leave, Eris, boo, chucked a golden apple into the pile of wedding gifts at this party. A cursed apple. The crowd gasps. Ah, <gasps> oh, talk about a party foul. Well, long story short, that apple ended up causing more than its a fair share of problems, but we don't need to get into all that now. What matters is you're here taking part in this wonderful cult mystery ritual. So we're going to test your wits on the history of Olympus. And if you win, you get to keep your lives or whatever's left of them here, I guess. But uh, if you fail, uh-oh. <laughs> And at this, the crowd goes, oh, the apple of discord might just come rolling your way. Let's play. And everybody cheers. I have a terrible apple allergy. I'd prefer not to um, have any run-ins with large apples, please. Oh, by the way, you have a couple of lifelines I should mention. So first of all, there is Ask the Oracles. If you're struggling on the answer to a question, you can say, I want to ask the Oracles, and the Oracles will tell you something. Your other lifeline is Send for a Friend. So you can use these mirrors to call up a good friend of yours, and they might be able to help you answer the question. Your last lifeline is 5050. And if you use it, exactly half of the answer will appear etched in front of you on the podium. Um, you can only use each of these lifelines once. Questions, yes. I have a question. Um. When we're making a call to a lifeline, um, specifically the one of the friend, um, is it is it only to those uh, deceased or 
to the living. Oh, my baby girl, these mirrors, they can call anybody that you've interacted with lately. I mean, we're all calling you from Olympus over here. Oh, well, okay, wait, but, and then the word friend, can you kind of expand on that a little bit? I cannot, please? unless you want to use a lifeline, am I right? <laughs> and then the whole crowd <laughs> goes, <laughs> Now, uh, do, does the landline only stretch within Greek domains, or can I call other area codes, for example, of uh, hypothetical Valhalla. You can ask hell. the oracles if you want to find out, or we can get started. Okay, let's get started, and we'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> Alrighty, let's start with the inquisitive one over here, and he points to Annie. Question one: Are you ready? Oh, I sure hope so. <laughs> you hear da na 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 na, and the spotlights on the other podia also like flare, then move towards you. So now all of them are on you. It is so dark everywhere that you're not that you can't actually even see the other party members. Question one: Which creature was born half man, half bull? I would have to say the Minotaur. Ding, 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 ding. The lights flash and everyone is thrilled. You hear cheers and clapping. Everyone is so pleased. And 20 gems land in front of you on the podium. So these gems, you know to be currency within the House of Hades. They're like brightly colored green and ruby colored gems. Next question. And the lights move to Rolf. Oh my. Question number two. To contain the Minotaur. What structure did Daedalus construct for the king of Minos? Oh my, I, I think I know this one, but I'm not fully certain. I would like to roll a history check, if possible, to be certain. Yeah. That's a 12. So, like, this is a very low DC one. Yeah. Uh, you suspect that the answer is a labyrinth. Okay, see, I almost said maze. That would have been bad. I would like, however, to use one of my lifelines. Can I ask the oracles? <laughs> what? Please do. Okay. <laughs> Suddenly, the faces of all the mirrors light up gold and start shimmering as if they were, like, liquid. All right, oracles, what do you think? Which, uh, to contain the Minotaur, Wait, what structure did Daedalus construct question? for the king of Minos? Wait, can and I ask them a different the mirrors all start shimmering in a large circle around you. They kind of, it's, like, it's like a piano playing. They're going ding, 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 like all around each other. And they seem to spell out the word labyrinth. God damn it. <laughs> I really I thought I could ask them a different question. I'm sorry about this, gang. I believe the answer is labyrinth. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe you got it right. That's a winner, everybody. Ding, 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 ding. At this, 20 gems land in front of you on the podium. Oh, my. <laughs> Time for question number three. You hear that music, and also you hear people in the audience going, da 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 And the uh, spotlight moves, the spotlights, I should say, move to you, Alexander. Question number three. Pandora opened a box which released all the evils into the world. But what did she find at the very bottom of the box? Can I roll my knowledge of... Yes. 16. So with a 16, you have heard a legend of a woman named Pandora by many people considered like the first human woman who was created by the gods. She had this box that she was basically told to never open. And of course, she found that irresistible. So she opened the box or jar in some stories and all the evils of the world. So like hunger, greed, suffering, betrayal, all of that ended up flying out of the jar. And it's kind of this like origin story for like, why is the world bad? Like, why is there suffering? Right. What you also heard, though, is that at the very bottom of the box, after all of these evils had flown out, um, at the very bottom was something called hope. Okay, yeah, I remember now. <laughs> I remember now. 
hope. Ding, 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 ding. And everybody like, claps and cheers. They are so thrilled with you. He says, absolutely correct. Oh, I'm so glad. I was really holding out a hope for you there. <laughs> and the chorus behind the mirrors also laughs. And 20 gems materialize and drop in front of you. Next question. And then the spotlights move to you, Arate. The legendary musician Orpheus ventured into the underworld to save Homst. The person in question would be Eurydice. Ding, 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 ding. Everybody claps and cheers. 20 gems materialize. Oh, I'm so impressed. How did you guys know that? Next question. Question number five. And the spotlights rotate back to you, Annie. Lord Zeus. Yay. Immortalized which master hunter by casting them into the heavens as a constellation of stars? Oh, no. I want to say it's who I think it is, but I could totally be wrong. What would I add to that? For this, I would say it's actually religion. Oh, no. Yeah, that's nothing. It's a seven. Okay, you were drawing a complete blank. Oh, boy. I, I, listen. (laughs) I'm going to say Heracles. Oh, and the audience goes, oh. I'm sorry. That is incorrect. At this, far above you, you see a massive fireball fly towards that outer ring. Shatters the ring and it shatters the ground underneath you. The podium disintegrates. Everybody in the party needs to make a dexterity saving throw to catch onto the fourth ring in front of them. Oh no. My dexterity saving throw for Arete is a seven. Annie's is a six. Four. We got a 16 over here. Okay. So here is what happens. So Rolf, you kind of just do like a little old man hop onto the fourth ring in front of you. The other three of you drop into the sticks right below you and it is excruciating. It is burning. It is like boiling blood running all over your body. Furthermore, you take eight fire damage each. You're all still in the sticks, but your hands are like holding onto that fourth ring. So you can still try to get up onto it. Next question. A new podium materializes where you're standing Rolf. Oh no. As As the spotlights center on you. Question number six. The apple of discord isn't the only thing that's a golden. Who went on a quest to get a hold of the famous golden fleece? Oh, I remember this one. I was uh, being told an interactive story called Immortals Phoenix Rising, and it was there in one of the trees, and... um... (laughs) I don't know what you mean. Is that your final answer? No, uh, no, sorry, I'm rambling. Remind me, what lifelines have I left if I were to need them? You have sent for a friend and 50-50. Great, can I roll history, please? That's a nine on history. You suspect that there is a two-part answer to this. <laughs> um, I hate to do this, but also seeing uh, the terrible results of getting the question wrong, I'm going to use 50-50 correctly this time. Alrighty, we're using another lifeline. 50-50, help us out, Olympus. And then you see a laser beam come down from just kind of like the blackness above you and etches exactly 50% of the answer of this two-part answer in front of you. So it says Jason and. Yes. Yes, I knew it was Jason. I don't know what the other half is. I'm sorry, that's so funny. So you couldn't give me the other 50. So wait, so Jason and, like the word and? Yes, and the word and. Gods, damn it. The gods just threw you a lifeline. Jason and. 
Jason and Mraz? Jason and... <laughs> Please say um, that. Oh my god. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> what could happen? Jason and... Um... Medea. I don't... <laughs> oh my gosh. You're kidding me! So a couple of things happen. So first, <laughs> ten gems appear in front of you. Great. Second, he goes, oh, I'm afraid that is not the entirely correct answer. Uh, so another fireball uh, flies from the sky and is dropping towards the fourth circle. You have advantage on this because you got half of it right. However, everybody else who was already clinging to that fourth circle <laughs> has disadvantage on being able to try to get to the third circle because the fourth is about to shatter in front of them. So let's make those dex saves. That's an 11. So with disadvantage, Arete's dex save is a 7. With disadvantage, Annie's is a 15. A critical fail. Annie, even though the ring in front of you shatters, you really hustle, and you're actually able to get up onto the third ring. Okay. So you're good. Everybody else, you're in not a great spot. So the ring shatters, and now all three of you are in the river sticks. It is boiling around you. Furthermore, you take six fire damage each. Next question. Da -da 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 -da. And the spotlight is like trying to find people in the sticks at this stage. Uh, so it's like trying to find you, Alexander, and it, and it lands on you. You have no podium. You're kind of just flopping. Who bonked his own dad and boinked his own mom? Oh my God. We did it in fucking school and I can't even. You can roll history. Yeah, let's do that. 10. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean, this is a very common story. So you've heard this before. Um, you get the sense that there might be something like a a word, like a blank complex is like a thing that you hear a lot about this. There we go. Thank you so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be Oedipus, and I am on fire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as you do this, you can make a dexterity save with advantage. 11. That is actually not the DC you need to hit, so uh, you're still in the fire, unfortunately. But you do get 20 gems. Oh, yay. <laughs> Next question. And the spotlights move toward you, Arete. What gift did Prometheus, boo, much to the dismay of Lord Zeus, yay, give to the mortals? That would be fire. Ding, 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 yay! Make a dexterity save with advantage. 23. You are able to get up onto the third ring. Also, you get 20 more gems. Woo! Next question. Da -da 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 -da. And the spotlights move toward you, Annie. I have a question. Can you tell me the answer from that last that last question, that you, the, the star one? No. All right. Wait, why not? <laughs> Wait, why not? I just, I just love to learn. Please. Okay. Next question. <laughs> Name one of the four winds or the animos. Oh no! No, I know them, but now they're gone. Uh, I'll roll knowledge for it. For this, I'll say you can roll nature. Uh, ten. Even though this might not be commonly known to us as like normal players, the winds are actually like a thing that everybody thought about and talked about a lot back there. So um, you actually do know that these are the four cardinal winds. You can only remember the names of like one of the directions with this kind of roll. You remember the name Boreas. Okay, it's coming back to me and I'm really disappointed in myself, but it's okay. Uh, Bor Boreas. Boreas. That's, that is go. correct. Ding, 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 ding. You get uh, 20 gems. Thank you. All right. Next question. Da -da 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 -da. 
the lights move over to you, Rolf. Hey! <laughs> You're in the fire still. Hello. A creature with snakes for hair is called a what? I certainly hope this is the correct answer. I feel very confident in it, but you know what? Uh, doesn't mean anything. I'm going to go with a Gorgon! Ding, 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 ding. You somehow get 20 gems floated down to you. Thank you. And you make a dexterity check with advantage. A 13. That's enough. So you do successfully get up onto the third ring. <gasps> Next question. Da, 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 da. The lights move over to you, Alexander. I forget. Are you in the fire? I am burning. Okay. It is not a great place <laughs> to be, but I mean, for now, you're not taking any fire damage, but, it, but don't be there for very long. Here is your question. Cassandra was both blessed and cursed with the gift of prophecy by which deity? I would like to call a lifeline of a friend. Very well. And then the little tones start emanating from each of the mirrors. They go, which friend would you like to send for? Arites. Arite. Aid my trivial pursuit. A little mirror floats down right next to your mouth, Arite. What the hell? Hey there. What's the question? (laughs) (laughs) Also, there's that little, like, 30-second timer counting down. So start asking your question. Tick. Uh, what did... Tick. What is the question? Cassandra got... Tick. Tuck. Tick. From what I remember from my Greek mythology, that would be Apollo, the god of prophecies. I have an answer. Apollo. (laughs) That is correct. Uh, all right, make a dexterity save with advantage. Furthermore, add 20 gems. 18. Okay, yeah, you crawl up onto that third circle. Can I take an action to heal myself? You cannot. No! <laughs> Next question. <laughs> um, the lights move over to you, Arate. Are you ready for this question? I will be very upset if you don't get this one. I'm ready. This show is basically named after this question. What word or words were written on the apple of discord? That would be for the fairest, or for the prettiest, or for the most beautiful. There are many different iterations. Oh, the correct answer was tecalisti, which means to the fairest, or the most No, 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 we're kidding. No, we're just joshing with you. Everybody laugh. Ah, you. I think you're really clever. Ding, 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 and a rain of a hundred gems all in front of you on the podium. And then at this, the circles that were previously disintegrated, circles rise up underneath you and rejoin the rest to make like five circles again. So anybody who was in the fire is now on solid ground again. Incredible! Tune in next time, everybody. I have been Koalamos. You've been amazing, Olympus. Good night, everybody, and thanks for watching Apple of Discord. 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 And because Arate was the only person who answered, you get inspiration again. But you already have it, so you only get the one. So the mirrors sink into the sticks, and you are all on flat ground. The halfling floats away like whoop. he's just been like like on a shitty stage play someone like yanked a rope yeah. and he just got like pulled up into the blackness uh-huh. after this game show has taken place you find a big pulsing thumping centaur heart in the center ring and it is just pulsing annie jumps on it okay you jump on it it's still there it's just pulsing under you what? no yeah i want it <laughs> annie's trying to like, grab uh, it annie bite it it works with the pomegranate you feel very hungry 
bite it, bite it, bite it. And he bites it. (laughs) There are four chambers of it. You can divide it evenly amongst yourselves. I will take a chamber. (laughs) I would also like to have a chamber. Everyone take a chamber. Are we all going to hold it up to each other like all together and just kind of bite into it like a spaghetti style with Lady and the Tramp? Yes. Oh my gosh. I can just cut it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) My sword. (laughs) Then cut it. I'll cut it in quarters. Boring. Each of you take your hit die. Whatever your hit die is, take the maximum value for that die. Add your constitution modifier to that, unless it is negative, in which case don't do it. And all of you gain temporary hit points on top of whatever your current health is. The way temporary hit points normally work is that they replace any old temporary hit points. The way we're doing these centaur hearts is if you already have temporary hit points, these just pile on on top of that. Tight. Cool. Okay. All right. So you are all panting. You've been on fire. So you're like steaming (laughs) still. And you see two gates appear on opposite ends of the room. Now, these gates are floating in midair. So even though the sticks is all around you, there are still these gates on the ends of the circular platforms. One gate displays these deep purple crystals that you understand to be darkness. That is a currency that you can use to kind of amplify your own power outside of escape attempts. So only in the House of Hades. On the other door, you have a depiction of gems in the crystal globe. So like very much like the gems that you were farming here in the quiz show. And those are pretty much used for a number of things for trading in the house. So like petitioning like house contracts for various benefits or procuring items. So those are the two gates you see, darkness and gems. I think it's always beneficial to spread the wealth. So I'm thinking darkness might be a good shot for us. I hate to keep going left, but I'd have to agree with you. We just got a bunch of different gems and now I kind of want to get something new. The darkness looks like it could be fun. Yeah. So you plan for failure. What? Oh. I mean, it just makes a lot. I, mean, I do not plan if, for failure. Considering we were almost taken out by a quiz show, it might be beneficial <laughs> to prepare for failure. Alex, remember that first conversation that we had about chances and all that? I'm going to be honest. I'm not feeling too hot right now. I just think if we should go... We should go left. How bad are you? I'm not that bad. I'm I'm okay. But if it's going to be another thing like that game show, which I'm still really upset. I just wanted to know what that answer was. What does anyone know? Oh, damn it. I can heal you. I still have that ability. And so does the old man. No, it's fine. And the chances of maybe you need that because if I go, then at least you'll, I know you'll still be here. So... I'm just saying, we have to pick a door. We might as well pick darkness. And with that, I walk over and I just put my palm on the darkness door. Both bubbles on both gates pop. The gems door, that gate slides down and like obscures that crystal part and that gate just vanishes. The darkness gate slides up and you just see this like swirling mass of darkness in front of you. Well, team, see you on the other side. And I step in. It was pretty cool. I uh, goodbye. Well, rest of the team, see you on the other side also. <laughs> and I step in. Annie is going to grab Alex's hand because he was left behind like every time before and she kind of feels bad and she doesn't want him to Alex feel, you know. Alexander shakes your hand off <gasps> and gestures for you to enter. What is, I, what? Ladies first. <laughs> Really, Alex? I was just trying to... Okay, we're... Look, all I'm saying is we... we, 
We're gonna be stuck on this team together, and I know you don't really want to and be And now on Alexander it. gently places a foot on her and pushes her slowly <laughs> out the portal. She's in the portal, I guess. He pushed her in. <laughs> Alexander sighs and reluctantly enters the portal. As you enter the portal, you feel yourself moving as if your own body has been dematerialized, and it's kind of shifting and being slotted into the various rooms in multiple configurations at a time, as if it's kind of testing, okay, which room should we drop them into in Tartarus next? You feel your soul being yanked in all these different directions, and as you prepare for the next room, you reflect on what has already happened to you so far. You reflect on that battle with the very first skulls. You reflect on taking out the two think tanks in the following room and stepping on the glyph and activating it and rearranging yourselves and working as a team to take it down. You reflect on that horrific game show you just experienced where you felt the burning blood of the sticks just seeping into your clothes and your armor and how you cling you clinged clang clung clung dear life um (laughs) wherever you could and you were basically at the complete behest and mercy of these invisible forces from so far above you cheering you on but also mocking you from beyond these mirrors and you wonder just how many more rooms of this can you take how many more rooms will it take to actually escape is there no escape will there be maybe five more rooms 10 more rooms 50 500 if you pray to any gods you pray that that's not the case Rogue Runners Volume 1 In the Blood stars our players Nicholas Benetados as Alexander the Great, Amanda Facosta as Anastasia Pentasis, Giancarlo Herrera as Rolf Yannick, and Michael Pisani as Arete Lascaris. Dungeon mastering and NPC voices are by me, Tozaman. Cover art by Chandler Candela. Sound design and editing by Giancarlo Herrera. Title music by Sage GC, with vocals by Jessica Dahlgren and Sage GC. Character theme music by Giorgio Volpe. Additional music by Epidemic Sound. If you liked what you heard, we hope you'll consider helping us make future tabletop parodies of your favorite stories. You can support us at Patreon on patreon.com slash roguerunradio. Patrons get access to our community Discord channel, as well as our behind-the-scenes chat cast Out of the Blood, where we talk about everything on our minds after the episode. There are free ways to support the show, too. We hope you'll leave us a glowing review on your listening app of choice, as well as spread the good word about us on Twitter and Instagram, where you can follow us at roguerunradio. We love hearing from you, so hit us up there or email us at rr at whisperforge.org. We're very proud to be in the Whisperforge Collective and hope you'll check out our other shows. We think you'll like Remarkable Providences, a witty and informative exploration of the Salem Witch Trials. Get ready to run with us next week. We're dropping two more episodes then. Till next time, sinners, I'll see you in hell.
the Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. It's the last days of summer, 1920. Do you know where your children are? They should be playing outside. Come on, Chelsea. Mima says we're not allowed to go to this house. We're not even supposed to be on this side of town. Doing their chores. Why aren't these chicken coops clean? Please, Father. I'll be good. I'll be... Ah! Oh, God! Obeying their parents. You look me right in the eyes and tell me you didn't steal this bike. Ma, no, I've been helping Mr. Diamond, all right? Lord, don't tell me my son is working at a speakeasy. Exploring their feelings. Let's go over to the apple tree. Gosh. (laughs) Okay. But unfortunately for these young fools, the neighborhood bully has other plans. Tonight, you are going to meet me out in front of the old Barnaker house. Howling house? Why? (laughs) Now, a boy scout, a tag-along, a doormat, and a delinquent will dare to spend the night in the most haunted estate in Arkham. Will they survive to see the sunrise? Or will they succumb to the hunger of Howling House? You're going to die. What is that thing? Is this this the witch's library? I'm gonna kill you! Not tonight! Roger, make him stop! No! You watch! Run away, little ones. I'm so hungry. Listen to the Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program's award-winning season, Night at Howling House. The complete story, available everywhere you listen to podcasts, and at CthulhuMystery.com. All the, all the outs and free. All the outs and free. <laughs>